The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to be inspired. So many people have touched the lives of others, sometimes without even knowing it. Could you be one of those people? Welcome to Your Why with host, the CEO of Breakthrough SEO Marketing, Nalinia Varinas. Today, you'll hear some stories of people who have touched others in a positive way and show you how you can do the same. Now, here is Nalinia Varinas. Hello and welcome. It's great having you with us today. I'm your host, Nalina Varinas, and you're listening to Your Why. Connect with me on LinkedIn, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and visit my website at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. With us today to talk about a legacy of service is our illustrious guest, Terry Guiling. I'm excited to introduce him to you. He's been with us once before, and I there was such a great response to his being on our show that we decided to have him back. He has lots to share. To remind you, Terry Galling is a Navy man through and through. The University of Illinois graduates' years of service aboard the submarine USS Blue Gill and the USS Remora took him to places all over the Pacific, from Australia to the Tonkin Gulf to the China Sea to Japan and the Bering Straits. Terry continued to support the military honorably even after leaving active duty as the commanding officer of a U.S. Naval Reserve Unit and as a military intelligence manager with IBM in Hawaii. Adding to his repertoire of accomplishments, Terry also founded and led his own successful IT companies. But one of Terry's most important positions began when he took the post of president and CEO of the American Gold Star Manor a senior retirement facility for mothers who have lost sons and daughters in the line of duty and for U.S. veterans. Terry brings the value of strong leadership and compassion to his position, helping create a place where residents are supported and cared for daily. Terry, welcome to the show. Good we are morning, so Al, happy how are to you? Have you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great this beautiful morning. And today we're going to be talking about how it is these projects come together and the uh, several projects that you've been involved with with that do benefit lots of people uh, all over certainly Southern California and across the country. Some of the projects that we have uh, talked about before include include um, well the Fisher House is one which is uh, an I'd like you to talk to us about that. Uh, a polio immunization project, a Colima project, which is uh, relates to bringing computers to to Mexico. The Jonas project, which is an entrepreneurial project for veterans, and the St. Mary Medical Center Foundation, and as well as the there's an, another project that you've undertaken. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're 
too busy to take on an important project, which I would like you to discuss if we have time later on. But please, if you could walk us through um, and with um, and give us some insights into what it is that you go through when you begin a project. Well, now when we talked about service and giving back mm-hmm. to the community. In our last conversation, we got into that in some depth. And I was thinking about that after our conversation. And giving back obviously can take many different flavors. Mm-hmm. Everything from writing a check to the Cancer Society or you know, helping sell Girl Scout cookies and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's a different aspect to that. And, and a lot of people do that. And come certainly at the end of the year tax time, you need to write a check to the Cancer League or things like that. But sometimes... When you, in your community and the people you're working with and the people that you go to church with on the weekend, you see requirements and you see needs of folks that are perhaps less fortunate than you. You say, I really should do something about that. But that Mm -hmm. raises the specter of what does I should do something about that really mean? And probably more importantly, how would you even go about it? What are the steps that you might go through? As you mentioned, I've gotten myself involved in a number of different projects. And in stepping back and looking at those, there are a number of key points all the way along that I wouldn't say it gets to be cookie cutter, but there are certain challenges and certain things that you really need to do in order to address a project and to be able to see it through to completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were to walk through that, I would say you really have to understand what the concept is. If there's people in your community that are going without food, if there are some of the young people that are getting off on a tangent and getting mm-hmm. into trouble and being truant, if mm-hmm. there are illnesses or health problems in the community that need to be addressed Mm -hmm. that are not by the local community or even the government, then maybe I should step forward and do that. So in, in my thinking, you really have to understand the concept of what it is you're trying to accomplish. And you need to spend a fair amount of time doing that before you ever really start doing much of anything else. We'll use uh, the Fisher House that you mentioned as, as an example of that. In trying to understand the concept at the American Gold Star Manor that you referenced, we have mm-hmm. a large number of U.S. veterans. Since it's mm-hmm. a senior facility, uh, many of them are older, but, but not all. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they still uh, get a lot of their medical help from the VA hospital. Mm-hmm taking them over to the hospital, bringing them back, helping them get through the, the administrative system, it became very evident that there were a lot of people there who were from other parts of the state, even in some cases other parts of the country, and they were there by themselves. They had no family support. The, the children were not there. Their spouses were not there. Their mothers and fathers. And... Healing is as much mental and emotional sometimes as it is physical. I looked at something like the Ronald McDonald House, which addresses the same issue typically with with younger children that have cancer 
or other you know, really serious diseases. Mm-hmm. And it's a place where the families can stay close to their, their child and mm-hmm. provide the moral and, and helpful support. Well, there mm-hmm. was nothing like that for the VA. And I mm-hmm. asked why that was. And the, the answer I got was, while it sounds bureaucratic, I guess there is some logic to it. Mm-hmm. The government, the military, and the VA provide help uh, for the, the patients themselves. Mm-hmm. They've got all the medical care that they need. Yes. But there is no, there isn't, I wouldn't say a requirement, but there's certainly no funding for things for the family, even though we feel that's important. The Fisher family uh, many years ago saw that and said, well, we didn't serve in the military. They were a large construction company and had been very successful, made a fair amount of money, mm-hmm. and said, here's our way of giving back to the military. And essentially, it's building houses on the campuses of either military hospitals or VA hospitals mm-hmm. that will serve the loved ones. So it's a home away from home. They can stay for free. They have facilities for cooking. They have a chance to be with other people that are suffering the same kind of traumas Mm -hmm. and and bring the children as well and at the same time be close to their loved ones. When I tried to match that Ronald McDonald concept to that, uh, there was an awful lot of overlay. So besides talking to the VA, then I talked to some of the patients I talked to some of our veterans. I talked Mm -hmm. to some of the area Gold Star mothers Mm -hmm. to understand both the positive benefits of that as well as the trade-offs. And by trade-offs, you know, what resources do I have? What what resources are needed? How much time is it going to take to do something like that? Mm -hmm. And and basically put the plan together. Mm -hmm. So. When I say put the plan together, that's really the next step. Once you understand the concept of that, uh, in building the project, I found that by contacting this Fisher House organization, which was totally new to me, mm-hmm. talking to them, and their their model was that it has the money has to be raised by a community effort. They would help somewhat in in training us how to do that. And they would match us dollar for dollar to meet the cost of building the Fisher House. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was $6 million, which meant we had to raise $3 million. Mm-hmm. And that's a big number. Yes. I had no clue <laughs> how we were going to go about doing that. But mm-hmm. no, you, you take them one step at a, at a time mm-hmm. and, and build your plan and get other people committed. Mm-hmm. Find like-minded folks. People who will who give back to the community and will buy into that concept. And typically, you look at folks who have either time or talent or treasure or some combination of all of those. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Nell, the, the mm-hmm. one thing I guess I have learned from doing this a number of times is you look for the busiest folks you can find. <laughs> like <They> are, yourself. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones. Always find time. Uh, to fit things into the schedule. They don't ever waste time. They get going. And so you you mm-hmm. build what that project is. You yes. start getting other people involved, and you start small. You sell the concept. You get the buy-in. And yes. then let them start talking about what they see as the needs. And you just guide the discussion. Because mm-hmm. you have to get 
total buy-in mm-hmm. before you can really move forward on the project. Mm-hmm. As you start moving into execution, I guess the biggest mistake that most people make mm-hmm. is this old ready-fire-aim business is <laughs> you really have to think through what you're going to do before you start doing it. Uh, because it's a common mistake to want to just jump in and start asking for people for money or asking people for donations or, or doing things. Mm-hmm. And as you start building the plan, how are you going to get there from here? You have to develop milestones. It, it, this is, as it turns out, actually basic business 101. Yeah. You, you develop the milestones. You put mm-hmm. the tracking system in place. You meet regularly to monitor the progress, and I guess as important as anything, you have to stay flexible. Stay uh, flexible. Yeah. And uh, yes, and and then with that though, um, we'll stay flexible, and we're going to need to take a short break. Okay. You're listening to Your Why. I'm your host, Nolina Varinas. Stay with us. We'll be back with Terry Guiling. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Breakthrough SEO marketing should be your first stop when looking for SEO solutions for your business. We offer social media marketing assistance, website design, website audits, and reputation marketing, pay-per-click options, and of course, search engine optimization services. Go to BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com today and we'll give you a free website and social media audit. This is a valuable resource for listeners of Your Why with Nalina Varinas. This limited time offer can be yours by visiting BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com or call us at 310-650-0725. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and Powerful Conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Your Why with Nalina Varinas. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments about our program. Drop us a line via email to nalina at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. That's N-E-L-I-N-I-A at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. Now, back to Your Why. Welcome back. This is Nalina Varinas, and you're listening to Your Why. In the last segment, Terry Guiling and I were talking about steps that are taken, that he takes, when he's undertaking a project. And one of the primary examples that we're going to be dealing with today is the Fisher House. And there are others that we'll discuss, be discussing, too. But Terry has such great insights. I'd like him to continue. <clears throat> and yeah, now... When we, when we took a break, we were talking about this flexibility, and it's really that's 
pretty important. The, mm-hmm. the reason is, as you get into these, uh, you run into things that you had not anticipated, and it, there may be requirements that you hadn't thought about. Uh, it, maybe it's going to cost more money, or you're going to need different kinds of people, so that you have to be able to be flexible enough to either narrow your focus or sometimes expand it, and certainly many times change it, which means changing the directions. It means changing uh, sometimes the assignments of the people that are involved. And as you start, it's just tuning as you go along. And typically, it's about this time that you want to start getting the community aware of what you're doing. You don't want to start that too early, uh, and you want to have a certain amount of momentum going because you announce it too early, and then all of a sudden you start making some changes or it takes a little bit longer, it, it would appear to the public that maybe you're not doing it right or it's not as successful. So once you get the big mo going, then you start getting <clears throat> the press involved, you start talking to other community leaders, and you start letting everyone know what's going on. As you proceed into it, in this case, we started raising money. We started having uh, friend, what we refer to as friend raisers, where people would, would be invited to someone's home, and they serve wine or soft drinks and cheese, and we just explain the concept. It's not the hard sell. It's making more and more of the community aware of what this project is all about. Uh, invariably, there'll be people come up afterwards and say, well, can I contribute some funds, or could, could I have a meeting like this in my home and, and invite some of my friends? So you get the word out, Then, of course, you start focusing more on if, if raising the money is, in fact, a thing that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then have to follow up, and you keep letting as many people as know what you're doing, as many people as you can, what you need, mm-hmm. and you just move from there. So you've built the team, you've raised the funds, it's time to start actually implementing. So once you get to that point, uh, we, we are now, uh, we've broken ground on the Fisher House. It's under construction. Mm-hmm. We raised the money that we needed. It was matched by uh, the Fisher House corporate. So now there's actually a house going up. We suddenly realized, though, as we got into this, now the job isn't completely done because there still has to be support. You still have to have the follow-up. And you need the community to come in once the, it is built <clears throat> because not only do they have a place to stay and a place to have their meals, you want a connection with the community to come over on Friday night and have popcorn and, and pizza and show some movies or cook mm-hmm. dinners on Sunday afternoon or Thanksgiving dinner or things of that type. Mm-hmm. You have to reach out to the community, some of the different merchants, uh, to provide some foodstuffs or provide soap for the washing machines or books or games and things of that type Mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that it is ongoing need. And, of course, what you find out is the people that you need and the tasks that you have lined up for the early, early stages of the project are now much different. Uh, You need different people. In some cases, you need more people. And certainly, the, the, the tasking requirements, you, you shift from raising money to actually implementing and then making sure the project is ongoing. What the Fisher House has come now is we were so successful in doing that, and we raised the money in much shorter time than most others do. 
they've asked us because there are existing fisher houses in other parts of Southern California, mm-hmm. if we would come in and essentially be a, a regional area uh, coordinator and help the other fisher houses <clears throat> on that last phase of getting more community involvement. So mm-hmm. there, it, it is a step-by-step process, and there's things mm-hmm. that we've learned along the way. Each one is different, but each mm-hmm. one follows the same pattern. Yes, excellent. And um, what is key there, I think, is is actually having the organization built before you ramped it up and made it public so that there would be public acceptance, the the goodwill that could be spread, and it was spread with grassroots efforts, and then it, it percolated up from there. Wonderful and success. We, we find out so many people are involved in so many different things, whether they're a part of the local Rotary Club, they're part mm-hmm. of their particular church, they're on the board of some other association. Mm-hmm. The more chances you have to, to go to that Rotary Club or go to the Lions Club or, or go mm-hmm. to a church supper and mm-hmm. share the story, uh, mm-hmm. we found sometimes it was almost a joke <laughs> that we are every week we were going someplace and explaining what we're doing. But we also found that once that starts growing, it, it was almost impossible to stop it. But it takes yes. a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work and definitely your dedication and enthusiasm mm-hmm. and belief in what the, the work that you were doing, the benefits that you were um, being able to provide to those veterans in that project. Mm-hmm. And yes, wonderful. I, I have driven by and I've seen it. Um, it is real. It's happening. And it's just such a, what a warm feeling it is. It's such a good now, project now, is underway. Now, do you want to talk about some other projects that, yes. and how they would match that same pattern? I do. I do. Yes, please. Um, you mentioned the polio immunization project as another one? We did. Or, okay. Uh what we found is that you know, people forget about polio, that polio was something that happened a generation or so ago, and it was a crippling disease, and they closed swimming pools, and they kept people, kids out of school because no one understood what it was all about. But Jonas Salk then came up with the polio vaccine, and mm-hmm. you really don't hear very much about polio anymore. Unfortunately, it is a very contagious, very infectious disease. And there mm-hmm. are still parts of the world uh, that polio is endemic in, in the society. Uh, typically, it's places like Nigeria or Afghanistan or Pakistan. Mm-hmm. India is just about uh, clean now, where mm-hmm. because of poor sanitary conditions, <clears throat> because of some of the, the tribal warlords having control of the area, it's not. Uh, completely eliminated throughout society. Mm-hmm. And as we're seeing with this Zika virus, if uh, someone gets infected and gets on a plane from Honduras or Afghanistan and lands in Minnesota, it, it mm-hmm. is very likely that it may just pop right up again. Mm-hmm. Based on that, uh, what some of us have done is that there's got to be a better way to do this, but you know, many of us don't know much about medicine and certainly don't know that much about polio, Mm -hmm. but we have found close to Southern California, of course, is Mexico. They have many migrant farm workers uh, Mm -hmm. that live in very, very poor uh, conditions. There are parts of Mexico that are very modern and very cultured 
there's a great deal of it sometimes even worse than, than third world. So a group of us got together and tried to see how we could contribute to that. And what we found was the, the Mexican health system is, mm-hmm. is quite good. It, it mm-hmm. goes far beyond the Affordable Care Act that, that we have in this country, but mm-hmm. they're very, very short of, of workers, and they're short of help. So they have the vaccine. They have the, the, the ways of getting it to the small children, but they don't have enough resources to do it. So we did mm-hmm. follow through that same process mm-hmm. of understanding requirements and then taking it step by step. Wonderful. We, we, we put together things. So at least once a year, a group of us will, will get together. Uh, we, we get a bus that we charter, and we go down into uh, a part of the Sonora Desert. Mm-hmm. We meet with the local Rotary Club. We meet with the, uh, the health department, and mm-hmm. then we spend the whole weekend going out in the little camps and mm-hmm. working with the nurses to deliver the oral vaccine to the small mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. So there's something that, that we can do that doesn't require raising a lot of money. It doesn't require mm-hmm. getting a whole team in place. But we did have to go through the whole front end, the concept development and building the project and getting the, the right people involved. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. we have now shifted to it's an ongoing implementation. Yes. And one more, the Colima Project? The, oh, the, the other, as far as the one in Colima, that yeah. was uh, almost the same thing. I had gone down with my wife uh, to mm-hmm. Guadalajara, and we mm-hmm. were we got a car and we were driving out, and we saw the terribly poor living conditions in, in up in the highlands of the, the people that were working, uh, doing it a lot. It's very similar to Hawaii, a lot of sugar cane and, and coffee, and the schools were very, very short on supply. So I came back, and mm-hmm. the same thing, I understood, how can we address that? Uh, we built the project that if we could get people together, we could raise some money, we could get books, uh, mostly even paperback books, mm-hmm. in, in Spanish, and we would go down once a year, we'd find someone that would host us and provide housing and had some transportation, mm-hmm. and we would go village to village and actually help them set up libraries with the books and mm-hmm. then lay the books out so that individuals could come and pick out one at their own grade level, mm-hmm. put their name on it, and take it home. And often it was the first time there's ever been a book in the household. Very rewarding. Yes, very rewarding indeed. And there's another project that I um, wanted to touch on, and we'll leave much of it for the next segment. because. Okay. Um, but just by way of introduction, the Jonas Project, which is a project that's dedicated toward helping veterans understand and become entrepreneurs um, and create uh, companies and opportunities for other veterans, uh, for employment opportunities for them as well. Can you just um, in the next minute, tell us a little bit about um, how that got started, and we'll sure. continue a good again friend after of our mine in in this area was head of the uh, the Chamber of Commerce. His mm-hmm. son uh, Jonas was a lieutenant commander in the Navy. Was a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. He was in command of a group of thirty two SEALs over Afghanistan 
The helicopter was shot down. They were all killed. And he and his wife just went into total grief and came to me and said, Terry, we need to do something to honor him. We need to do something to give back. Mm-hmm. Let's put our heads together and see what we can do. Uh, the end result of that was the Jonas Project. And when we, after we come back from a break, I'll tell you how we went through that whole process and how successful it is now. Yes. Building up the anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Your Why. This is Nalina Varinas. We're going to be taking a break. Stay with us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Breakthrough SEO marketing should be your first stop when looking for SEO solutions for your business. We offer social media marketing assistance, website design, website audits, and reputation marketing, pay-per-click options, and of course, search engine optimization services. Go to BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com today and we'll give you a free website and social media audit. This is a valuable resource for listeners of Your Why with Nalina Varinas. This limited time offer can be yours by visiting BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com or call us at 310-650-0725. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Your Why with Nalina Varinas. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments about our program. Drop us a line via email to Nalina at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. That's N-E-L-I-N-I-A at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. Now, back to Your Why. Welcome back. Uh, we were talking with Terry Geiling, and he was telling us about the Jonas Project, an exciting um, program for veterans and uh, promoting entrepreneurship in them. And I didn't let him get quite off the ground yet, but we're we're ready to be to restart from where we left off. As as I mentioned, that Jonas's dad, when Jonas and the other Navy SEALs were killed, uh, they were just struck with grief. But said, so "We have to do something to honor his name and to give back." Mm-hmm. And there are so many programs now. Uh, there's veterans that come back that that really need a job. Uh, unfortunately, the way our system works, we take them often right out of high school. We mm-hmm. send them to boot camp. We mm-hmm. show them how to be soldiers, and they go off for four or five, six years. 
when they come back and get into the job market, they have very few skills, or at least they have very few marketable skills uh, other than shooting at people. So they, they do need jobs. In, in Jonas's case, he was an officer. He'd had about eight or nine years in the service already. He had a degree. Mm-hmm. His plan was to come back and start his own business. We mm-hmm. now have a totally different problem. You've got these young folks that are coming back, although mm-hmm. maybe they're not quite that young. They don't want a job. They want to be able to create their own business. But mm-hmm. they don't have the marketing skills. They don't have the financial skills. They don't have the, the business plan. Mm-hmm. And there's not too many places unless they just take time out of their life and go back to graduate school or something like that to get those skills. Mm-hmm. So John, who's Jonas's father, and Terry, the mother, and I got together when we created the Jonas Project to mm-hmm. match veterans coming off of active duty and mentors, volunteers who give their time to help these people get the skills that they need. And since many of them, there are multiple skills, there are obviously multiple mentors. Mm-hmm. And we found people who have skills in accounting, have skills in marketing, have skills in finance and basic you know, business, human relations, and sit down with the vets to help them build their business plan and get things off the ground. We talked earlier in the broadcast about developing the concept for a service project, for mm-hmm. building the project, to getting other people involved and committed. Uh, mm-hmm. We went through exactly, exactly, exactly that same process. Mm-hmm. What are the kind of skills we need? Where we we'd find those? And we assumed naively that all of this would be right here in our own backyard, and we could manage it very effectively. I talked earlier about being flexible. As yes. we got into it, we we realized that these folks are from all over the country that the mm-hmm. mentors are from all over. So we're going to have to build some kind of a system where a lot of this could be done remotely. Mm-hmm. And yes, we did need some funding, and we did have to go out and do some fundraising because mm-hmm. in addition to the skills, they often need some startup seed money. Mm-hmm. Small business uh, agents for our country does mm-hmm. a little of that, but they've got to wade through the bureaucracy, and sometimes if you don't have the background and experience, you, you can't get the money, and you can't get the business and experience unless you have the money, so they start chasing their tails. Mm-hmm. We were able to put this together. We now have over a dozen mentors that are in all different parts of the country. We mm-hmm. have veterans who are starting up restaurants. They're starting... One was so creative a moving service when... Uh, GIs or Marines are transferred from one post to another and they're going from the East Coast to the West Coast. They're going to Mm -hmm. Texas. They have no idea how to get started, where to go, how to find a house, uh, any of those things, that Mm -hmm. he's setting up a moving service for Mm -hmm. veterans that are, not veterans, but people on active duty that are going from one place to another. We have Mm -hmm. some that are starting now their own marketing business and it, it, it just grows and grows Mm-hmm. Uh, we have done the same process that we did for the Fisher House, and we're going to people's houses, we're going to businesses, we're writing grants for, uh, from foundations and things of that type mm-hmm. to, to fund 
the micro loans that we give to these folks. But you have to have the same controls in that that you would if you were running your own business. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do loan them some money. It is at a very low interest rate, but they have to start paying back uh, very small amounts. Uh, but everything is very disciplined, and it's a helping hand, but it's still, you know, there has to be a, a certain amount of fatherly love that goes along with it. Right. So are the um, mentors volunteers? They're all volunteers. They're all volunteers, and also the grant writers, I, the, all of the people who are um, contributing to this effort, are they all volunteers? Uh, a lot of it is is corporate money. Uh, we've mm-hmm. gone to a lot of different foundations. We've gone to different corporations. Uh, L'Oreal has put uh, a fair amount of money in, in our efforts to try and provide mm-hmm. help for female veterans mm-hmm. as well as the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the Home Depot has been extremely generous. They've got a very strong veteran support program that we use mm-hmm. even at the Gold Star Manor for different mm-hmm. projects. And putting up the website and making a lot of phone calls. And as my wife said, you know, either the Fisher House or Jonah's Project, we don't <laughs> go to any function, but, but that comes up in the conversation somewhere along the line. <laughs> and you, you just you talk to as many people as you can. You make sure mm-hmm. they understand what you're trying to do and mm-hmm. understand how they can help. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very, very, I hate to say formulaic, but it almost works out yeah. to be that way. Yes, well, I, and I guess once you get through the execution mm-hmm. part, what we're finding now is just like with the Fisher House, the mm-hmm. whole follow-up and after the fact, once we got it built and we got it going and we're, we've got quite a few people now in the system, mm-hmm. is when they get up and started, they have to repay not only just the money that they got in loans, but we're asking them to come back and give their time and effort back into the program because Mm -hmm. now they've been through it and they know what it's like to try and get started. They -hmm. know what problems they run into and we hadn't even thought about that at the front end, but Mm -hmm. they now are some of our best mentors because they've got all the scar tissue to to show what they've been through. (laughs) And there's nothing like um, firsthand experience and being able to share that with others who are going through the same process. And, of course, yeah. they have so much more credibility because they've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. So there's a community to support uh, other entrepreneurial veterans that is growing across the country. It is. It is. And as more and more people become aware of it, and as you might expect, uh, mm-hmm. the first place we went uh, to try and get help mm-hmm. was the Navy SEALs. Jo- uh, mm-hmm. Jonas was a, a Navy SEAL, and they have been very, very generous. They uh, They host... 10K runs and they, you know, the turkey trot and Thanksgiving. Uh, and through that, then uh, that word spreads to the other branches of the service. Mm-hmm. And then we get out to the other part of the veteran community. So, mm-hmm. in the work that I do, whether it's the Gold Star Manor or the Fisher House or the Jonas Project, it, it all overlaps because it's all part of giving back, and in my case, specifically to the military and the veteran community. Uh, of which you were a large part, that formed a large part of your experience as a young man. And that um, in some ways I'm seeing that it formed the basis for who you are today and the dedication you have toward people who share some of your experiences. 
Now I've been very fortunate. I have mm-hmm. a good family. I've got good health. I have a good job. Mm-hmm. I have many, many good friends. So mm-hmm. I now have not only the obligation, but the opportunity to give back. Mm-hmm. You mentioned one of the um, industries that many of the veterans are going into is the restauranting business. I know that's very competitive. So the support there must be pretty valuable. Well, he has a concept, and mm-hmm. we'll see the grand opening is just within the next two weeks. And Excellent. as it turns out, it is here in the local Southern California area. Mm-hmm. But he's absolutely passionate. And because I, I know some people in the restaurant industry, we've mm-hmm. had not only mentors to teach the basic business 101 kinds of skills, mm-hmm. but restaurateurs who say, here's what you should look for in your location, and here's how you package it, and here's how you do the opening. Things that I would have never thought of. Uh, mm-hmm. I go to restaurants. That's about the extent <laughs> of my experience. Uh, but mm-hmm. they've been very, very helpful in sharing their knowledge and don't see him as a competitor in their industry, but as somebody they can help bring along. Right. Someone to compliment. Yeah, somebody to compliment the industry and add um, because more versatility. Because coming at it from a slightly different concept, and there, there's mm-hmm. always room for, for new ideas in, in almost any business. So he's um, carved out a niche for himself that yeah. hasn't been served yet. Yes, that's a good uh, business strategy. <laughs> Great. And um, are there any uh, words of advice before we go into our next segment, which is going to be a different topic altogether? Any final words of advice to others who are looking to become entrepreneurs? Make sure that you follow the same steps for being an entrepreneur and starting your business that you would, that we, we talked about in the earlier part of it is you really need to understand the concept of what you want to do, what Mm -hmm. you bring to the table, what skills, knowledge, experience, or contacts that you don't have that Mm -hmm. you need to build on. So by the time you jump out and and start your your new operation or business or service or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you really have done all the front-end planning. Because once you do it, you burn up money very quickly. It takes an awful lot of time. And if you mm-hmm. haven't thought through all of the issues, the likelihood of failure is much, much higher. Right. So the, the more it. homework you do, the more chances there are for your being successful. Absolutely. Um, funds can be limited, and managing those funds smartly is important. So making as few mistakes as possible by doing the front-end thinking. It, it, yes. It, it, being starting up a business, and I've done that too. I was an entrepreneur, and after I retired from IBM, I started my own business. So mm-hmm. in that case, I've got the scar tissue and, and, <laughs> and share things of what I, what I would have done differently had oh. I had the chance. Yes, valuable information for sure. All right, we're uh, getting ready to take another break. We're um, pleasurably talking with Terry Geiling, and we will be back in a few minutes. Stay with us. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Breakthrough SEO marketing should be your first stop when looking for SEO solutions for your business. We offer social media marketing assistance, website design, website audits, and reputation marketing, pay-per-click options, and of course, search engine optimization services. Go to BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com today and we'll give you a free website and social media audit. This is a valuable resource for listeners of Your Why with Nalina Varinas. This limited time offer can be yours by visiting BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com or call us at 310-650-0725. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Your Why with Nalina Varinas. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments about our program. Drop us a line via email to nalina at breakthroughseomarketing.com. That's N-E-L. I-N-I-A at BreakthroughSEOMarketing.com. Now, back to Your Why. You're, um, thank you for joining us again. We're with Terry Geiling, and we are having an exciting conversation. We are going to be talking about another project that Terry has undertaken. He's not too busy to undertake great projects. And I'd like to have him discuss and describe it to us. Yeah, now, when, when we talked earlier, we were talking about Fisher House raising money. Mm-hmm. When we talked about the Jonas Project, we were talking about getting other people involved. And while there was some fundraising, it was primarily getting people to, to give up their time to help mm-hmm. others. This uh, third project is much, much different. Uh, but the similarity is that we started out by saying that any of these projects, you have to develop the concept ahead of time. You have to understand where you're going, build it, you know, get the others committed. And mm-hmm. this follows the same, the same process, the same guidelines, but it's much different. Right. Uh, at the, the Gold Star Manor, where we, we provide housing and services and support, for the veterans and the Gold Star Mothers, we have uh, approximately five acres of property that are mm-hmm. undeveloped, a part of the 25-acre campus mm-hmm. that has frontage on a main uh, thoroughfare because we're right in town, well, not, I wouldn't say inner city, but certainly in, in the downtown area of Long Beach. Mm-hmm. I looked at that property and said, how, how can we make best use of that because it just, Idle. It's very, very nice, but it's not doing anything. So Mm -hmm. how would you go about determining what's the best use of that property? Mm -hmm. Uh, I did the same thing that we did with the Fisher House, is you try to understand what the needs of the area are. Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful, you have to fill a need, whether it's with a product or a service or whatever. Mm -hmm. And found it, it was going to take a lot of study, and I'm up to my ears in, in running this operation and doing some renovation. So I heard that there was a, a program at 
California State University, Long Beach, in their graduate school of business, uh, mm-hmm. where the students are working MBAs, which means that they've all got full-time jobs. They're working for companies, they're working for other cities, and then going to school on the weekend. They have to do a major project where they work together and get involved in the community mm-hmm. in order to, to get their MBA. Mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. an unsolicited proposal to the university, got together with the dean, and one thing led to another. We were approved to have the study be assigned to one of the group of students. I met with them. And the, the guidelines that I gave to them is I need to know what would be a good economic use for that property mm-hmm. that would aid the community, would aid the residents of the manor, and would mm-hmm. be in our mission statement of helping poor and, and those that have sacrificed and given to their country mm-hmm. all at the same time. What I got was a lot of blank stares. <laughs> didn't have any idea how to go about doing that. So I said, okay, here's, what we're, here's how we're going to start. I'll set up some interviews for you, because this is the same thing I would have to do if I were going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'll set up interviews with the mayor, with the city council, with the planning department, with the community association, with the residents of the manor, with the, the national board of the Gold Star Mothers, Mm-hmm. And you talk to them about if you had to say in this, what would you want? What would be the things that you want to do as long as it fit within this criteria? So mm-hmm. the objective is to do something that is a win-win-win for everyone involved. Well, now they start perking up because they could see that you know I'd done some thinking ahead of time mm-hmm. and had built the concept and was to the point now of building the project but now they're going to be working, doing the actual work. And, oh, by the way, how many chances for students like that to sit down and have a half-hour discussion with the mayor or yes. a half-hour discussion with all of the different departments of the city and see the thought process that goes into, well, what about zoning and what about traffic counts and what about access to utilities and security with the police department? Uh, so they've jumped into that. I had an interim report about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they've been through the first round of all the interviews. We even set up a Skype interview with them when the National Gold Star Mothers was having their uh, board meeting in Washington. So mm-hmm. they were able to interview the board members by phone and by Skype mm-hmm. and, and put all of that together. What they're doing now is just what I talked about earlier, is mm-hmm. that once you get to that point, you have to be flexible and you have to understand what's going well and what isn't and where you might have to change direction and, and maybe expand it some or limit it some. Mm-hmm. They're in that process now. So now what we'll be doing is, is having them go back to have second rounds of interviews. Well, here's what we have come up with. How would you tune this? How would you make it a little bit differently? How would you do it a little bit differently? How would you fund it? And if we need to have zoning changes, how would we go about doing that thing? So they're down the next level of detail. Mm-hmm. And I met with them. They, they are so excited because they've got a chance to do something they would never, ever, ever get a chance to do. And just like some of these people with the Jonas Project, mm-hmm. they want to start the restaurant, but they don't know that much about the restaurant business. 
were able to connect them with uh, restaurateur people in the area, these students now are speaking with people that they didn't even know that those kinds of positions existed. We, uh, we are to the point now where they're actually putting their plans together. I will have them come to the board of the Gold Star Manor and give an interim report because they obviously are the ones that buy off on everything. And we will have a full report certainly before June because they have to have that in in order to graduate. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes just have to pinch myself because (laughs) here we are following the same process, the same steps for a project like this that we did for each of the others. And you keep testing it and making sure that it works and making sure that you can tune it where it's not working as well. Uh, But by the time we get done, I'll have the equivalent of a multi-thousand dollar report to Mm -hmm. aid me in my development efforts, they Mm -hmm. will have the benefit of an education, uh, on-the-job education uh, for their MBA program. The -hmm. community will wind up getting benefits that would have never been available anyway, anywhere. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. the residents of the manor will get resources that they never anticipated and, oh, by the way, I'll probably wind up with a very nice revenue stream over the next 20 or 30 years. So it really is coming out very well. <laughs> well, that is the way to manage a project. And you just put these graduate students on the fast track and um, created um, unbelievable futures for them. And they're contributing to the community in a way that was not possible, that they never even, I think, imagined before. Terry, what you are is, a dynamo, and what you do make things done now, happen. Interesting is, is you get each one of these. Yeah. One of the side benefits is by making all these different contacts, yeah, understanding that's... what other people are thinking. There's other projects now that are coming out of this that already uh, I've talked with the dean of the school, and you remember I talked about yes. at the back end, you always have to follow up because the requirements are, will might be changing a little bit of managing it as opposed to developing it. I've already got the next two projects in mind that we're talking about for the next classes coming up next year. And we're going to have to have you back <laughs> to learn about those projects. <laughs> Let's take them one at a time. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, one at a time. I'm so excited for you. For me, every show is meaningful because people matter. And when individuals go out of their way to help someone else, I think we should take notice and learn. Thank you, Terry, for sharing your important work and for sharing your insights and your guidance, your leadership. We are all beneficiaries of the work that you put forth. Please keep me updated. I look forward to hearing more. I will do that, and I look forward to joining you on a a program sometime in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Nell. You're welcome. Tune in again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. I'm your host, Nolina Varinas. Until next time, be great. Thank you for joining us this week. Listen for another edition of Your Why with Nalina Varinas next week. We're here every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go start the next chapter of your legacy.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.